Welcome to our virtual Sunday service here at Seattle Unity. I am Reverend Karen Lindvig and I am the senior minister here. I want to thank you for joining us this morning. So let's begin by affirming our mission statement. We are a welcoming spiritual community thriving in the heart of Seattle celebrating, inspiring, and deepening our individual and collective spiritual journeys. And it is so. So for more information about upcoming uh, services and or to leave a prayer request, you can visit our website at seattleunity.org. so grateful to be here with my friends from Seattle Unity celebrating Earth Day and standing up together for our beautiful planet. We stand on the earth so we better stand for her together. We stand on the earth so we better stand for her together. Stand up for our mother. Stand up for each other. Stand up for our It's our job to guard our life. We were put in this paradise. It's our job to guard our life. Stand up for mother. Stand up for each other. Stand up for mother. Stand up for each other. So today's talk title is The Call of Gaia. And in, in the vein, in the celebration of that, I'd like for us to begin with a reading from the Daily Word from Earth Day, April 22nd, 2020. Our affirmation is, my stewardship of the environment blesses future generations. My stewardship of the environment blesses future generations. On Earth Day, I honor and celebrate the seas, the skies, the sands, along with the plants and animals. Committed to caring for the earth, 
I not only continue my prayers for our environment, but I take wise actions today that allow my earth blessings to travel ahead into future generations. While I am only one caretaker of the earth, I know that how I treat the earth makes a difference. I do my part by caring for and respecting creatures great and small. Day by day, I am mindful of how my actions affect the earth and its inhabitants. So again, my stewardship of the environment blesses future generations. Say that with me. My stewardship of the environment blesses future generations. And it is so. So in Washington State, we are in quarantine until May 4th. So a couple more weeks. It's already been a couple weeks. And you might be starting to understand how your pets feel um, and now know why they try to run out of the house every time the door is open. You know, after a few weeks in the house, the dog might be looking at you like, and saying, this is why I chew the furniture. This is why I chew up your shoes. And in a sense, the coronavirus has turned us all into dogs. We roam the house all day looking for food. We're told no, if we try to get too close to strangers. And we get really excited about going for a ride in the car. I want to thank Carol Andrew for those. So April 22nd, 2020 marks the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. And this Wednesday, Diane Robertson will be leading us in an Earth Day celebration virtually. Again, go to seattleunity.org to find out more information. The truth is that the world changed when the astronauts orbited and then walked on the moon for the first time. And I don't think any of us knew what those trips to the moon would mean. At the time, everyone was so excited about going to the moon. It's like, what does the moon look like? Is it really made of cheese? Is there anybody on the moon? You know, what does it look like? But what we didn't expect was that we would see the earth for the first time. And that view of earth changed everything. We saw a living, breathing being. And the earth, or Gaia, started to call to us. And we answered that call a year later, a little over a year later, with Earth Day in 1970. So Earth Day was a unified response to an environment that was in crisis. We had oil spills, smog. Sometimes rivers were so polluted that they caught fire. Randy Newman wrote a song called Burn On Big River, Burn On, <laughs> you know, making a parody of it. But, you know, at the time, Americans were driving these big gas-guzzling cars that used leaded gas, and the air and the water were incredibly polluted. In 1962, Rachel Carson wrote a book called The Silent Spring, and for the first time, it sort of raised awareness, at least in the Western world, for um, the environment. So a U.S. senator from Wisconsin named Gaylord Nelson 
was really affected by an oil spill in Santa Barbara. It really bothered him. And he thought, you know, there's all this uh, energy from the young people, from the students about uh, protesting the war and, and everything. And why not take that energy and then direct it toward the environment? So Earth Day, uh, the first Earth Day was April, was April 22nd, 1970. And it was chosen that date because it fell between spring break and final exams or exams so that there was this space. It was a very wise decision because at first Earth Day, 20 million Americans showed up for it. And it led, Earth Day led to the United States Environmental Protection Agency, the passage of the Clean Water and the Clean Air Act. And it has since spread around the world and is a huge event, although this year it will be practiced virtually. And you can go to their website, their Earth Day website, and find out more about that. But their mission is to build the world's largest environmental movement to drive transformative change for people and the planet. Let me say that again. So their mission is to build the world's largest environmental movement to drive transformative change for people and the planet. Uh, we really need that now. So when this quarantine began, you may have thought, boy, I'm going to be so productive. You know, I'm going to, you know, clean up and get stuff organized and throw stuff out, maybe do a home home project. When I when it first started, I drove by Home Depot and could see there was this big long line outside of people who were doing projects on their house. Um, and maybe you did in the beginning, maybe there you had all this energy and I get, believe me, I get that many people are working from home and sitting in front of that computer all day and some are still going out into the world like our doctors, our nurses, our grocery store workers, all those people who are keeping the world running. Um, but for those who are locked in, again, you may have thought, I'm gonna do so much, I'm gonna get so much done. And you may find that lately you're not. You know, that maybe you're running out of energy or, I mean, look, Shakespeare apparently wrote some of his best work during the bubonic plague. And if he can write, I mean, maybe you should work on that novel you've been working on. But I'm hearing, particularly since we've been in this for a couple of weeks, that people are feeling trapped and they're feeling of low energy. And so I think that part of what's happening here is it's time to be gentle with yourself. And that, you know what, like I thought I'm going to clean one room and I realized I could do a corner of a room. That's what I could do. That's what I had the energy for. So to be gentle with yourself and not lay another guilt trip on top of all these things that are happening in the world. I love this poem written by Jeff Foster. And I want you to hear it if you've been feeling like you should be doing more than you're doing. If you're exhausted, rest. If you don't feel like starting a new project, don't. If you don't feel the urge to make something new, just rest in the beauty of the old, the familiar, the known. If you don't feel like talking, stay silent. And if you're fed up with the news, turn it off. If you want to do nothing, let yourself do nothing today. 
Feel the fullness of the emptiness, the vastness of the silence, the sheer life in your unproductive moments. Time does not always need to be filled. You are enough simply in your being. I think that many of us have been exhausted by the pace that we have kept up for the last couple of decades, maybe the last hundred years. And so I think it's in resting that we also can hear the call of Gaia. Because Gaia is hurting and in need of healing. And through an excessive use of technology, industrialization, we have cut ourselves off from our connection with nature. And we know that right now we are in grave danger because of the climate crisis. I mean, the fires that were in Australia this year were devastating. But many of us choose to ignore it because number one, it's too big a problem to get our heads around. And two, what are we supposed to do and how do we move forward? So it's as if the virus has put us in a timeout. We have been given the space to reflect about how to move forward. And we seem to be caught right now between the impulse to change, even if we don't know what that is, and an impulse to hold on to the past. So will we just rush back to the way things were as soon as we move forward? Or will we learn to live and be in a more sustainable way? I think the virus is showing us that we are one because if one of us gets sick, we could all get sick. If one of us is healthy, we can all be healthy. So this is an opportunity for our civilization and for individuals to create new structures or to build a daily discipline that is life-sustaining. We have an opportunity to build a life that will endure and last. So as we continue to shelter in, I've heard many people say how extraordinary and even magical it is to go outside and to look at the trees and the flowers. Now in Seattle, it's been sunny and it's always magical in Seattle when it's sunny. But you know, I stepped out on my porch the other day and I just was so awed by the trees and by the green and it was magical. And I've heard this from other people, not just from myself. And so I wonder why is this? Has something changed or is it just my perception? I think that one of the things that's happening is that because many of us are working from home or not working, we are not having to commute. And especially in Seattle, we're not sitting in the car. We're not jumping out of bed and running to get dressed and running out the door. And even if you are working outside the house, the gridlock traffic is not there like it was. And so since we're no longer just jumping out of bed and running to work and, 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 and sitting behind our desks, we've allowed ourselves or been given the space to see. And it's like, oh my God, look at that tree. It's amazing. So what if one of the things that's happening is a kind of re-enchantment with the world? Jane Bennett wrote a book called The Enchantment of Modern Life. She says, 
To be enchanted is to be struck and shaken by the extraordinary that lives amid the familiar and everyday. Thoughts and body are brought to rest. You notice new colors, discern details previously ignored, hear extraordinary sounds as familiar landscapes of sense sharpen and intensify. The world comes alive as a collection of singularities. Enchantment includes then a condition of exhilaration or acute sensory activity. So how many of you have been experiencing uh, a, a re-enchantment with the world, with nature, when you do go out? I think another thing that's happening right now is um, I know that people, uh, there's been a lot of reports of people having very vivid dreams. And of course, some of these dreams are disturbing because we're living in very disturbing times. And I had such a one a, a couple of days ago. I dreamed that I heard a plane uh, in distress and I ran out on my porch and I looked and right over the trees was a plane, a jet. And it was struggling to stay up and I, then it started to spin and the wings fell off, the plane broke in two and I could see the people through the windows and it crashed in front of my house. Now in the dream, especially when I've heard the sound at first, I thought, oh no, the plane is gonna land on the house or the debris from the plane is gonna hit the house. And then of course there was, well, what about all the people who are, who are going to die or who are dying right now? So obviously, you know, when you look at the dream, it's like, well, there's this sense of danger that we're living with and is it going to hit, hit, hit me? Is it gonna hit us or not? We can't control whether it does. We have a little control, but not really. And, 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 and who's, who's, who's dying? So that's not that profound, really. Typical dream. But what's profound is the, the, the day I had the dream or the night I had the dream, I was talking to a friend of mine in Chicago and I said, I had the weirdest dream last night. And I started to tell her the dream. And she said, wait a minute, I had the same dream. And I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? So I hadn't even told her my whole dream. And I said, tell me your dream. And in her dream, she stepped out of her front porch in Illinois. And there was a plane that was low in the sky. It was in distress. And it was the same thing. Was the plane going to hit the house? Was the debris from the plane going to hit the house? Was the gasoline? You know, the whole thing. And so there were minute differences in the dream, but it was the same dream. And both of us were like, wow, this is strange. This is very strange. And my friend isn't one to jump into the metaphysical world. So made it even more profound. And so I'm wondering, is this happening for anybody else? Are you also having dreams that are connecting with other people? Are you having prophetic dreams? Um, and are there synchronicities that are showing up in your life that you may not have seen or noticed before? I think, again, during this period of time that Gaia is calling you. 
And it is our opportunity right now to hear her. As the Daily Word said, that my stewardship of the environment blesses future generations. May that be, be our prayer. May as we move forward, may we create disciplines and a life for ourselves that's enjoyable, that is enchanted, and that is that is filled with, with awe and is life-giving. That's the opportunity that we have. If you are feeling trapped or tired, be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself during this period. So I invite you just for a moment as we close with a prayer. My stewardship of the environment blesses future generations. And I'd like you in your mind's eye to see Gaia, to see the earth, just as we saw it from the first time when we were on the moon and looked back at ourselves. Gaia is calling to you. We answered once with creating Earth Day. But there's a bigger call that's coming now. And so as we rest in this a moment of silence, I invite you to hear, hear the voice of the planet, of all its creatures, of all its life, calling to you now. My stewardship of the environment blesses future generations. So may we all be guided into our next steps, into creating new structures, into recognizing that we are one and that we are connected with this wonderful universe, with this wonderful planet and with each other. And it is for this awareness that we are truly grateful. Amen. So in closing in our service, we always take the time to bless an offering. And um, really the best way to give is to text it uh, to 206-350-8448. You just text the word give. And of course, if that's not possible, please visit our website again. And... Um, Find ways to be generous. So let's just take a moment as we bless our offering. I give willingly, joyfully, and lovingly, knowing that God is the constant source of my supply. I give with graciousness and receive with gratitude. And so we dedicate and consecrate these gifts to the will, the work, and the way of the living spirit of truth, and may they return to each giver a millionfold. Source of love, 
Thank you again for joining us. Uh, next Sunday, Ann Holmes Redding is going to be our guest speaker. And she is an Episcopalian priest and a Muslim, and she's going to be talking about Orthodox Easter, Ramadan, and the coronavirus. So I think it's going to be fascinating. I'm looking forward to it. So let's close with our prayer for protection. The light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever you are, God is and all is well. And that's the truth. Amen. Have a wonderful week.